Hey guys, everyone. Welcome back to the Woodworking Podcast. My name is Nick, and I'm joined with April Wilkerson and Jay Bates. Jay of jayscustomcreations.com and April Wilkerson of wilkerdoos.com. And my website is nickfairy.com. That wasn't very auctioneery, was it? I think you have to do like some sort of count. Going once, going twice, going three times. Sold. <laughs> or they don't do the three times. It's just sold, I think, after two. They, they, I think they hammer the gavel. There we go. Going once, going twice, sold. <laughs> what I buy. All right. Well, that that's... Uh, that's going to be our intro this week. How's everybody <laughs> doing today? Hey, everyone. Hey. It's like, I'm like one of those kids that if you dare me to do something, you know, like, hey, I dare you to put mud in your mouth. And then you, sp- <laughs> you spit it out and be like, oh, you don't like the taste of mud? Be like, no, that wasn't mud. <laughs> Alrighty. You know, mud normally doesn't steam. But anyways, all right. Uh, I'd like to first off thank all our Patreon contributors over on Patreon, of course. And if you guys are interested in helping out and throwing a little money in the hat, you can go over to patreon.com forward slash the woodworking podcast. Jay, did you want to mention the, I, I almost said Facebook contributors. Yeah, I'm fumbling around on the wrong page as usual. Uh, anyway, and you yes. zoomed in. Huh? I can, and you zoomed in. We do have one new contributor since we last spoke, which is Jesse Edmonds. Edmonds? Edmonds. Edmonds. Thank you, Jesse. Thank you, Jesse. As far as what we're... Oh, no, nobody changed the breaking news thing. Oh, we'll do that next time. Real quick, though. Jay's face, for whatever reason, recording Jay, it's like zoomed in so close onto your face. Yeah, that's because my bandwidth sucks right now, so I changed it to like 360p or whatever it is, and I guess the laptop just automatically zooms, so let me just like draw a smiley face or something. <laughs> no, we should put you should put in a sound effect for like AOL dial up, you know, put in another disc. Okay, guys. So what what is everybody up to? Mine mine's long and tedious, so can I go last? Okay. Jay, what are you up to? Those boxes I've been following on Instagram. Ooh, they're purdy. Yeah, they're purdy. They're um slow and time consuming and uh yeah, I'm I'm ready to get them done to be honest with you. I'm tired of looking at them. Um they're all going to be <laughs> I really am. They're just, uh, they're just a little time consuming for, for the patience that I have right now. I'm just having one of those days where everything I touch is just like not working for me. So I'm ready to get those done. And not only that, but you know, when you get a new tool or, or something new that you can't touch right away, you get that little anxious feeling. Well, I've got yes. my new camera in and I can't stop in the middle of of the project and switch cameras. So I've got to get this mm-hmm. one done before I mess around with the new camera. So it's just like, uh, I just want this thing to be done. Testing and your I, patience. I'll they, tell you what though, they really are gorgeous. That spalted one. I mean the curl, the figure in the curly maple is amazing, but that's spalted. I guess I just am, uh, I just love the spalted, but it's beautiful. You're doing a great job. So are they, are they jewelry boxes or what are they intended for? Uh, you put stuff in them. Uh. Okay, good. <laughs> I mean, you know, the good thing about that is everybody has stuff to put. Yeah, it's a stuff box. A stuff box. Stuff it in. It's one of those things, too, when, when a small project presents, you tend to spend almost as the same amount of time perfecting the small stuff as you would, like, say, building a dresser. Because you're focused on such a small area. Oh, I got to sand that. I got to. You're like, oh, this will be a quick project. But all of a sudden, you invest just as much time into a small little keepsake box as you would a, a you know master bed. Yeah, it, that that's so true. I'm finding that you know all these little inside corners here and there, and then no matter what the little tedious task is that you're you're doing or cleaning up, you multiply it by four for four boxes. 
Um, but yeah, uh, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be rewarding when it's all said and done because these are gifts for other people for Christmas, and not only does it save me a little money for not buying Christmas gifts, but it's it's nice to be able to uh, give something you made rather than something that you purchased. You know. Completely agree, especially something so gorgeous, and the fact that we are content creators. So whoever you're giving it to, they have the video to to watch and watch your process. I think that should add to it as well. I'm giving it to family, and most of them don't watch. Other than the uh, the things that I did make so far for gifts, I think I'm going to make a bunch more um, gift cards or something to give out. Homemade gift cards. <laughs> Although uh, my wife and I had the idea, she goes, "Well, why not make a little gift card, you know, holder box." And I said, well, that's been done before. And she goes, well, with your whole nostalgia thing, she goes, why don't you make it in such a fashion to where you can actually write on there, you know, this was originally to and from, and then it's reusable. And then whoever gets it that year, then they give it next year. And at least then there's kind of like a pedigree to the to the gift card holder, which I don't know. I, I, I've been toying around with that. Isn't a gift card holder also a wallet? I suppose it could be, but I, I don't want to carry around a rigid wood wallet. <laughs> Gift. Oh, you know what though? I have seen some really cool, um, like business card holders that are made from wood. So maybe you could do something similar to where it's not really a wallet, but it's a business card holder, but you can put gift cards in it instead. Yeah, that's kind of what what we were thinking. Um, I don't know. I, sometimes shopping. I'm I'm like the worst when it comes to not only shopping for people because it's I don't want to buy just crap off the shelf like. I, and I wouldn't imagine this person would listen to this in a million years, but one year I got like a, a North Carolina college t-shirt for Christmas. <laughs> and so, and I wear it, it's a nice t-shirt and it fits. So I constantly get stopped by people. Oh, oh are you from North Carolina? I'm like, no. Oh, you're just a fan? No, I got an uncle that doesn't know how to <laughs> shop for Christmas. <laughs> but I guess it's a conversation starter in the in the least bit, but So Jay, you got your new camera, you're going to be able to break into it when what? You're done with the boxes or not until you're filming your next project? Um, when I'm done with the boxes, I'd like to get the boxes done uh, to today, tonight. And that way I actually have a week. I'd like to have a weekend this week. Normally I procrastinate through the week or just take my time and then it comes crunch time and I end up working through the weekend. Um, but I'd like to have a weekend this week to play around with the camera. And then also my wife and I want to take some uh, Christmas pictures to make our own like Christmas cards and send them out. And it's getting awfully close to Christmas. So we need to get that I was gonna done. going to say. Yeah. <laughs> well, luckily, I mean, That'd you can nice. get... You can take the, it's all digital these days. You can take the picture, you can edit it on your computer, send it on the, on the internet to wherever you want it printed out. An hour later, go pick them up, throw them in the mail, same day. I mean, mm-hmm. technology's great. Completely agree. What do you guys think about full-on digital Christmas cards where you don't even print them, they just email them a picture? No, that's lame. They need to be like displayed <clears throat> everywhere. Like on a mantle or something, entryway table. Full-on digital cards is called facebook <laughs> yeah yeah i don't i don't spend much time on facebook yeah neither facebook. do i ever since y'all introduced me to instagram y'all have ruined i i don't even remember the last time i logged into facebook well you seem I to be my, enjoying it i love it i love instagram yeah it's quick and easy i remember that like oh i don't want to start another social media thing and, yep and then your instagram awesome. is blown up yeah, I just love it. I love doing the stories, especially since they introduced that that feature. 
Uh, just I'm always on Instagram. It's just fun. Now we just got to talk you into Twitter so that Jay and I don't get tagged and stuff. And then they go, oh, and April. Who doesn't do Twitter. <laughs> That's right. All the time. This, I'm really not enjoying any more social media. <laughs> I barely ever use Twitter, but most of the time it's like, you know, if I like a video on Facebook, uh, on YouTube, it automatically shares to Twitter. If I post something on uh, Instagram, it automatically shares to Twitter. Every now and then I'll get in a conversation on there, but I, I don't put much effort into it at all. I'm I'm self-admittedly like a Facebook idiot, so um, that's that's my disclaimer. But my wife has been selling a lot of like the kids' older you know clothes items and stuff on like Facebook groups, like local uh, neighborhood type deals. And I, I wonder if I, I would imagine there are, but probably spots that you could sell your your woodworking items on there as well. I've never done it, so but it, it just she would call me up and be like, hey. It, can you leave the boots that were by the front door out on the porch in a bag? Somebody's stopping by and picking them up. And I'm like, who do you have coming over dropping <laughs> off five bucks for a pair of boots? She explained the whole, I'm like, hey, whatever, whatever, whatever floats your boat. But I would imagine that'd be a good way to sell your woodworking projects. If there's not already a group, I would say start one if anyone's ever interested. That's a good idea. All right. Since you want to go last, you want me to talk about what I'm doing? Sure. Okay. I got a lot of welding going on. It turned freezing here. It was like in the 60s, and then it went down to the 50s, and it jumped ship and went down to the 30s. So I was supposed to be doing an outdoor project of like a a sitting area, like a paved sitting area. And then I knew that it was going to jump down to the 30s on Thursday and Friday. So I said, nope. So I moved inside my shop and started a welding project. So uh, I first welded up a cart that is made specifically for the machines that I have, the welder and the plasma cutter. And uh, then I'm now welding together a fire pit. So it's going together pretty pretty good. It's a pretty substantial fire pit, too. In case anyone's mm-hmm. wondering, when we talk about photos, we're typically talking about our Instagram accounts and stuff like that. So uh, that's always in the show notes. But uh, yeah, it looked like, what was it, hexagonal or octagon? Uh, yeah, octagon, six-sided. And yeah, it's big enough for me to sit in. You know, I wanted something large because that was my main complaint with the fire pits off the shelf. Yeah, one of my main complaints with the fire pits off the shelf is that they're all just like really puny and small. And whenever me and my friends or husband end up sitting around a fire, we burn wood all night long. So I, I want a big fire pit and I want to be able to burn, you know, not not just like small cuts that you get maybe from Albertsons or whatever for in that bundle, but like actual good size um, logs in order just to keep the fire burning. So since I'm building my own, I thought, heck yeah, I'm going to make it 12 feet deep and 30 inches across. And actually, since it's a... 12 feet uh, deep? I was just going to Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. 12 inches, my bad. Yeah, 12 inches deep. And then it's 35 inches diagonally. So it's, it's it's a pretty big and it's heavy too. I just now got the bottom welded on and trying to like muscle that thing around. It's a, it's a heavy, heavy little thing. Curious why you why you're putting a bottom on. Why I'm putting a bottom on the fire pit? Yeah. Where would you put the logs on the ground? Yeah. Yeah. Oh no no no! Like because I want a freestanding fire pit that that I can move around the yard. Oh, I thought you were like burying it, and this this was like the the steel ring that you were gonna bury in the ground. No no, I'm going to uh, put it above the ground and plasma cut in a pattern along the sides. Oh, uh, put put like a little bun warmer underneath for when you roast hot dogs. A bun warmer. Yeah, for when you roast hot dogs. I could. Actually, now that you're saying that, I like something for my feet. If I could put my feet somewhere and warm my feet, that would be really cool. 
There you go. But but no, I can't. You know, I, I told myself because I, I didn't actually plan or I wasn't actually able to start on this until Tuesday night to go pick up the steel. And actually, so it turned out to be Wednesday morning. So I, I told myself I'm not making this complicated. So it's just going to be a straightforward fire pit. And as it is, it's Thursday and I'm still working on it. So I'm, I'm like rushing to try to get it done for Sunday. It's the Christmas season, so I have a Christmas party with all my friends on Saturday, and I don't want to miss it because I have to stay home and edit. So, yeah, I'm just going to try to knock it out today and tomorrow and then edit Saturday morning and early afternoon, try to get it done for Sunday. I tried to do a video last year. It might have even been the year before but it, it, for, like, a Christmas holiday uh, you know, video, but I need snow. Mm-hmm. And each year now, we haven't had snow uh, when we go to get the... Anyways, I don't want to give too much of the video away, but I I might just record the thing in January and keep it for a year. There you go. <laughs> okay, so that's all I have going on. Tell us what's your long, tedious list of going onness. Uh, well, none of it is super interesting, or as we spoke last week, breaking news. But um, I've been working, hopefully my next video will be uh, what I'm calling signature medallions. And they're basically little brass, copper, aluminum, whatever, punch-outs. And I have a, a stamp with my signature on it, a percussive stamp that you hit with a hammer. And <coughs> Sorry. Um, a percussive stamp, which you hit with a hammer. But then also, uh, like, just little letter stamps. And you can engrave, you know, whatever you want. I even have the top for a jewelry box that I out of copper that I engraved out of heart. And then I'm buffing it. And then you inset it into the wood. And it just kind of adds a little... I don't know, just a added look to it and different way of signing your work or adding, you know, embellishments. I just thought it was pretty cool. So, um, but while I was doing that, I got my small ball peen hammer and we're, and we're talking tiny, like a, I would say, I don't know, just an ounce or two just for hitting those little letter and number, you know, thing, but the handle broke. I've had this ball peen hammer for quite a while and the handle broke. So that steered me down the road of well, I'll just make a walnut handle real quick, and I'll make it bigger so it's easier to hold on to this little ball-peen hammer. I'm like, well, that looks too nice for this, you know, just kind of matte, ucky-looking ball-peen. So then I started buffing the, the ball-peen head itself <laughs> to where it's like a bright mirror. And I'm like, damn it, now this could be a video. You know, I, I went down the road of going, this will just be a quick thing, boom, and then be done with it. And I'm like, oh, crap, now I'm going to have to make a second one because I think it would be a really cool video. And... um with you mentioned the cold and everything, I uh, I got a new pair of long johns. I don't know if you guys wear long johns at all. No, but they're like an under long sleeve and long pants garment. Yeah, right? yeah. And I didn't realize how thin all mine over the years have become because I put the new ones on and I like immediately dropped the temperature in the house like eight degrees. <laughs> so I think I have it set to like sixty two right now, and I feel like I'm in the seventies. But um, but no, you mentioned welder. That's uh, I don't do the Black Friday thing, but, and I haven't been out of the house, like, shopping retail for between Black Friday and Christmas, typically, in, like, the last five years, but I had to go pick up some brass screws the other day at what we call Farm, or I almost said Farm and Fleet, that's a different store. But Fleet, Fleet Farm. Farm. Yeah. And uh, they had a welder that normally 900 bucks, 750 bucks. Nice. For part of their, yeah. So I picked that up, and... Uh, that's awesome. Who? Yeah. What, what brand is it? It's a Hobart. That, oh, that's the one that you, we were looking at while while we were there. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Well, this one was the I think the bigger unit, just because it. Well, hey, it's on sale. Might as well get the. 
Um, but it's their 210 MVP, which I think stands for like multi-voltage plug. So I've been welding with just uh, 110 volt, but then I have my uh, electrician buddy who's going to help me run some wires, add some circuits. And uh, we're going to run some 10 gauge wire so that I can have a dedicated welding circuit in the shop. And Sweet. Uh, yeah. So I'm pretty pumped about that. I haven't, I haven't owned a welder in well over 10 years. So, and I haven't welded in quite a few years. So I'm just pretty excited about that. I, I kind of got that itch when I was at Braxton's in Las Vegas and uh, welded up a, an expanded metal kind of sign. And I'm like, man, and I saw that and it, I went in to spend 40 bucks, and I spent almost 800 <laughs> I was just Love about you, to Stacey. say that. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, that was... My wife is pretty damn understanding. It's it's really... It, she's really nice. And I showed it to her. She's like, wow, yeah, that, let's just pick it up. And even if you don't like it, just return it. But, you know, there was only the one left, or one or two left. And so I'm like, yeah. You'll like it. Well, I've already used it. I just don't have a bottle of gas right now. So, and I hate flux core welding. So, I gotta, I gotta go get a bottle of gas one of these days. But it wasn't, it wasn't in my budget to buy the welder. So, I'll hold <laughs> off on the on the bottle of gas for a while too. That's pretty expensive. The bottle up by itself and filling it up. Uh, I would say about one hundred and a half, two hundred. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess what I should say is it's not cheap. Like I was, yeah. I, I didn't know that whenever I got the welder, I didn't realize that the bottles and filling it up was as expensive as it is. And then you have the option to rent or buy. I went ahead and bought mine just because I anticipate using it for a long time. I'll probably just lease mine considering I got a local air gas that's, I don't know, 10 minutes away. And I think their leases are like five years or something like that. So I, I don't anticipate going through a ton of it. I, I I didn't know if I wanted to go with a 40 cubic foot bottle because I don't weld so often or just go with like a standard size bottle because it's quite a bit cheaper when you refill them. But who knows? That was, but anyways, that was, oh, and then I had one last thing. I was kind of bummed. I, uh, a theater company approached me and they wanted me to do a prop or they wanted a glowing orb. Oh, that's thing. right. You were telling us and last week that you didn't know if you were going to be able to get to it or not. No, I totally didn't get to it and. I was bummed because I could have I could have definitely tried some new stuff I haven't done on the lathe, but it's just the turnaround on that was just too crazy. So, what are you gonna do? I I still might build one just to see if I can, but yeah, the play has come and gone already. So darn it! Did they get another glowing orb? I don't know. I hmm. it wasn't a it wasn't a play I went to watch or anything like that. I I didn't hear anything after I told the prop master no. I, I didn't hear anything after mm -hmm. that. Odd, odd, I'll add a little odd thing. Last night, um, April knows my friend Gizmo. Love Gizmo. Uh, yeah. I I haven't done this in a couple of years with him, but he, he does a, a character reading of a Christmas carol or a Christmas, yeah, Christmas carol. And we went to a, a retirement home last night and did that night and I do the sound for it. And that was fun. I haven't done that in probably three years with him. And he does all, he's got like 17 voices that he does and basically leads, reads the, the story live and he really gets into the story and it's just people seem to enjoy it. So that was fun. Well, that's cool. Did he record it and put it anywhere? Uh, no, I recorded like 20 seconds because I might post it on Instagram, but I don't even know. I'd have to check because it's a, it's a radio app adaptation. And they're sometimes pretty strict on what you can record, what you can't. So, mm. But yeah, that's my, my long list of a whole lot of nothing got done, but a lot of little got done. 
Very cool. Well, I just uh, I'm looking out my window, and Cody called over two two friends in order to help him out because they're moving my CNC. I just got a, a, a CNC for the shop. They're moving it in the shop. Cody and I were able to get it. I uh, got the lift gate service, so they lifted it off the truck. And then with the pallet jack, our driveway is kind of sloped. And so the guy was just going to leave it pretty much at the very end of the driveway. And I was like, hey, is there any way that we can like go out into the middle of the street? You jack that thing up a little bit higher. And then uh, Cody and I will get on the other side and push while you pull. And we'll just like run get a good running start and try to get it all the way to the back gate. And he was like, okay. Like he didn't say no and I can't believe it, but he was really hesitant. So anyways, this guy, he's so cool. The delivery, he got a running start with the pallet jack while we're pushing it. We make it all the way to the gate and then he dropped it there for us. And so then Cody and I end up using those, have y'all seen those orange straps that you can feed under things and it has three armholes? They're Mm -hmm. so useful, so useful. Anyways, and so we got, we got one of those strapped it under the, uh, the pallet. And then Cody and I were able to uh, pull it from the back gate to the entry of my shop. Well, it's too large at this point to fit through. So we had to like deconstruct the box that the CNC comes in. And then, uh, then we have to like take off the handle and the on and off switch and then something else in order to get it through the uh, door. But then I was like, oh, sorry, I have to go inside and record. I can't help anymore. <laughs> 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 Bad timing. Shucks. <laughs> well, anyway, so Cody is, I guess he called over two friends and they, uh, they now put it in my shop. So that's exciting. I get to go see a new toy. What kind of CNC? The, uh, the iconic CNC. Oh, I'm not familiar. Yeah, I met them whenever I was at a, a big show called IWF in Atlanta. And um, yeah, it comes in like a, it has a full enclosure over the machine and it has like a, a thing for dust collection. So there's absolutely no dust going to be generated in my shop from it. And then also while I was talking to them, I was standing right in front of the machine having a conversation with the, uh, the, the dude. And so it, it's really quiet and yeah, and it has like a stand. So it's, it's off of the ground and yeah, so I, I'm going to put it, I was originally thinking about trying to haul it upstairs above my shop, but then a buddy of mine says, I think you'll regret that because you'll have to change the bit and everything. You're just going to get tired of running up and down. So I think I'm going to be putting it, um, I, I have like a clamp wall and I intentionally put the clamps to the right and left of the wall where the largest, where the longest clamps were on the outmost of the wall. Uh, so that the center of the wall is essentially still usable, and it's right in front of my lathe stand. So, anyways, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna put it there and see how I like it. But after after that goes into place, I will absolutely have no more room for anything. So, like, I can't get a jointer or anything else. I hear you. I'm in a similar situation. I want to build a a, a standalone router table, but it's like, man, where do I Weird. put it? Mm-hmm. What what about your, uh, I thought you were originally going to be dropping one into your table saw. Well, I have a, uh, my last table saw, it was convenient. The, the location of the table saw in the shop was convenient to put one in it. Uh, the way that the layout is currently in my shop, the way the table saw works best is with the right side up against the wall, which is where the, the, the router would be. So it, it's just not... Uh, convenient for my current setup, so I wanted to take that same design and make a standalone unit, and I and I probably will, and I probably can. It's just going to get a little bit more crammed near the garage door, um, but uh, yeah, it's just you just run out of space. No matter what you do, you just run out of space. So, how big is the the cutting area on that CNC? 
Oh gosh, I don't even know any numbers off the top of my head. I think it's 15 by something. Let me look it up real fast. The power Humans. of the internet. While, while she's looking that up, I mentioned my friend Gizmo um, with the reading of the Christmas Carol. I also had a note in our in our notes. He was the night before we were doing a run through, and he brought in all the PA equipment into my shop. And I was on the lathe turning a bowl, and I guess I just you know I'm not like a safety Nazi, safety police type guy, but I I don't know. Maybe I'll have to revert to telling new people that come into my shop. I didn't even give it any thought. I'm sitting there turning. And he plugs it in. And he got he got feedback. It scared the crap out of me. And I immediately looked, and I almost you know like got a huge catch. Luckily I didn't, but I had to have a talk with him. Where listen, I'm on a tool. You can't be making loud explosive type noises while you know not letting me know. Right. So I guess that's a little safety tip. If people that are in and around your shop, let them know that. You know, you're on a tool. Let let you know finish before somebody comes. My my kids know that they they've known that for a long time. Where if they have to come in and say something, let me finish the cut on the table saw or the router or whatever, and then get my attention when when there's not spinning metal inches from my fingers. So what I have told everybody is um, to flash the lights because the light switches are, of course, right as soon as you enter into the shop, and so. Uh, if I'm at the table saw or anything, it doesn't scare me. But if I turn around, even if they don't say anything, I turn around and all of a sudden someone's there, it still scares me. So yeah, they just, they flash the lights on and off real quick. And that just lets me know, Hey, somebody's here. So yeah, I wouldn't even do that. That's just, you know, personal preference though. But my my wife knows that if tools are running, don't even open the door. Like she's opened the door a couple of times and just like, if I'm running a table saw or, or doing anything and I hear just a little bit, you know, it's it's always going to get my my attention. It's just the way it is. So I'll turn my head and see what's going on. But she mm-hmm. knows not to even open the door when uh, machines are running. She's very she's very um, alert as far as uh, me working in the shop. That's good. Um, real quick, Jay, I looked up the thing and it's a 15 by 20 work, uh, work surface. You're going to be making your own, uh, Wilker do's push sticks. Yeah, I think I'm going to do push sticks and a few other things. Um, you know, on the production end, I would like to stock a few things in my, in my store. So on like my website or whatnot. So yeah, I've thought of a few different things that I would like to make. And I'm sure it's going to be one of those things to where, um, once I get it and I get more familiar with what its capabilities are, then I'll just expand from there. Yeah. This is a Wilkerdoo's rectangle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> octagon. I'll do octagons. Well, yeah, we've got to step it up. Speaking of push sticks, every every time I go in there and I see, I forget whether it's you or Jay that drew on my push stick to make it look like a whale. Me. I. I still have it that I want to do. I want to make you a whale push stick and like paint it, make it look just like a whale, and I'm going to send it to okay, you. Okay, I'll use it. But- <laughs> I keep wanting to turn mine into a dinosaur because it has a, a knot right where it looks like a, a, a an eyeball. So I just want to draw some like jagged teeth and like, you know, as I'm like pushing it through. <laughs> the what was it? The your uh, fold down outfeed table when at the very end you had the curve cut and. <laughs> <laughs> nom, 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 nom. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty that funny. Was that was hilarious. I like that little dude. I should have kept that little cut off and just put him up on the wall somewhere. I got a lot of weird... Did you guys have any weird things on your shop wall just over the years? Like, I was helping out at a theater and this, like, 10-year-old, 8-year-old, whatever girl 
drilled a smiley face like you know 15 holes into a board and signed it and gave it to me i don't know why but i I kept that and i have like a picture of bob ross on the back wall and a a few different things (laughs) do you guys have any goofy stuff to where people kind of go what the heck i have my naked kyle toth calendar (laughs) yeah people who aren't in the community who come in like the family and friends they're like why why do you have a naked dude calendar? <laughs> Who is this guy? <laughs> I just ordered my 2017 calendar from him. Nice. That's what about funny. you, Jay? I don't. I don't think I have anything like that. Um, you have all your flags. I guess that's not unusual. What not unusual. I mean, I've got some stuff that's like custom to me or custom to you know where I'm from or whatever. But uh, nothing that's just you know unusual, kind of boring and less risky. Yeah. Well, the, the Republic of Jay Bates flag was a little odd, but I just went with it. Well, you're supposed to go with it. That's because, you know, <laughs> the, the seniority rank here. He's a commie. <laughs> yeah, I don't suppose I have too many unusual things because I value wall space. And so if it's just something silly, I'm like, uh, I don't want to take up that space. <laughs> but maybe maybe I should like start something on my ceiling or something. I don't know. I like ceiling space just as much, though. I do, too. I like all space. If I could tear into the floor, I would. <laughs> oh, you can. We, we, I'll be over with like a jackhammer and like a diamond cutting floor saw. We'll, we'll, we'll figure something out. <laughs> Plan to stay for a while. <laughs> it would take forever. What's April doing this week? She's installing in-floor heating. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll wait to swing over before they're... Or I'll wait for them to be done putting the CNC in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shucks. I got here right when you guys are done. Oh. Bummer. <laughs> Oh, you guys want to jump into a couple questions? We can. Did you want to talk about New York? Aren't you going to New York? Uh, yeah. Um, I am going to New York. What are you going there uh, for again? Something with YouTube? It, yeah, it's a YouTube thing called... Uh, it's. I think their, their campaign is going to be like hashtag creators for change. And it's just... Uh, you're supposed to interview somebody about you know their, their adversity or trials and tribulations growing up. And uh, so I picked my dad. My dad and I are going next week i think we fly out tuesday so that that should be fun i uh i already uh contacted jimmy is going to stop by his shop and then my dad really wanted to see the 9-11 memorial uh he's a big history buff and uh he, he just thought that would be a, a a neat thing to see and take all that in yeah we were just uh there well i've I figured I'd take you guys everywhere with me, not with me, but I figured we'd go everywhere together, but we don't. Y'all didn't go to New York, but yeah, I got to see Jimmy's shop and the 9-11 Memorial. Both are, both are, of course, really awesome. Jimmy's shop um, goes down underground, so I imagine this time of year, it's, it's probably going to be pretty chilly. Good thing I got my new long johns. Yeah, and good thing you are a <laughs> northerner who is used to it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I I was kind of wondering if the hotel we're staying at, if the pool's going to be open or not. Mm. Out, outdoor pool. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I left a comment on John Heist's video this morning about all that white stuff on the ground. Matt left something similar on my Instagram. I posted something whenever I was working outside. What was I doing? Either the overhead patio or the snow. And Matt Matt Cremona posted. He's like, where's your snow? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've, I've got a few friends that work for, I don't even know what you'd call it, like a mechanical company to where they year-round they run gas line electrical line sewer line everything and he's got you know like these five layer car heart overalls and just and if i gotta go out and string a couple christmas lights i'm like oh it's cold out and he's like oh come on 
Because I spend nine hours a day out when it's, you know, zero degrees outside. No way. That is not for me. I don't even go to Packer games if it's cold. It's Maybe it's just because I'm not a, a huge football fan. And they have but. aluminum bleachers. Yeah, most of them are aluminum bleachers. Yeah, I saw that on the tour and I was thinking these guys have snow like all year round and they have aluminum bleachers. Well, and that, not to mention the, the spot, I think is only like 16 inches wide or 14 inches 18. wide. And Green Bay, Wisconsin, we're not necessarily known of the land of skinny people. <laughs> so, so you get you get somebody like my size, and then you put on like goose down jackets and stuff. It's just it's like jamming a bunch of marshmallows into the end of a pen cap or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Although uh, Steve Carmichael, and I'll, I'll leave a link in the show notes. He did a, a I don't know why I thought of this. Probably because of the Packers. He turned a football on his lathe, and. Ever since I was a kid, you used to be able to go up and touch the Vince Lombardi trophy, but since they became popular, they got them behind glass now. But they have like 10 different, I guess, keepsake footballs that are solid wood, and then the laces are kind of, you know, inset into the... I've always wanted to turn a, a wooden football after after that, after seeing those, so... You ought to. Someone sent me um, this week, you know, Tim Yoder, wood turning with Tim, I think? Yeah, yeah. Um, Someone sent me a link to uh, a video of his where he turned a football. So you, you ought to give it a try. It, it seems like it's a, a really fun project. I'll post the link in the article for this podcast. But, yeah, it turned out great. I um, I, I saw Carmichael's, and I, and I want to say, gosh, I want to say that he did his almost like a segmented vase type style. Yeah. But I wanted to do mine and I guess almost just like I don't know if it'd be the right size, but like four, four by fours, but then stagger them in such a way to where you can see where the glue line is to where I think a football is, you know, four sections sewn together. So I wanted the turning to reflect those four sections. And so you could see the grain change and that'd be pretty neat. Yeah. that. Yeah. I, I mean, walnut, I think, would, I think that's what the ones at Lambeau Field are made out of is walnut because with a clear coat, it just kind of looks like a football. So. What about like a dark wood, like a um, rosewood, and then use walnut splines for the seams, and then like holly for the laces? I wanted to do the laces like they they have in Lambeau Field, where it's the actual lace material, and then it's drilled, and then they must take like an awl and jam the stuff in there and epoxy it in. But rosewood, no, man. You, when you were here last, I did that rosewood handle. That handle blank was like 40 bucks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's my, my ignorance speaking there. I didn't realize how expensive that was. I forgot about that. Yeah, that was the most I've ever spent on a blank. But I do have a new blank coming from Vegas that Braxton has to ship me yet. But he's got a local woodworking store called Woodworkers Emporium. And they had a bunch of walnut... And it's almost like a burl, but it's just a crazy grain walnut. They're rejects for making gun stocks. So there's like a knot where they can't have it. And they sell these things for like 25 bucks. And I turned a, a lathe handle out of that. And oh my God, this stuff is just gorgeous. All this talk about cold weather and April left and went, went and put on a winter hat. Yeah. You know, I started thinking, I'm, I'm cold. So my beanie <laughs> is going on. <laughs> I probably look ridiculous, but I'm so cold. <laughs> I have to turn off the heater when we record. So 
to all you listeners, I'm sacrificing. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm, I'm, I'm a little on the chilly side right now as well. Well, not only that, but my office is in the, um, there's like a peninsula room that connects the house to the garage and it's a full bank of windows on one side and then half tall full bank windows on the other side. So it's, it's like a little, it's always like 10 degrees cooler in the, in the winter and 10 degrees hotter in the, the summer. But yeah, it's a little chilly here too. I, I at least now can justify. Oh, and for those that were following my, my mini split, uh, the Modine gas fired heater turned on essentially for the first time yesterday, but that's only intermittently. So that, that Modine or the, the mini split so far was keeping up pretty good, which I'm absolutely in love with. Yeah. I love my mini split too. Like, um, so if, if you don't know, I, I frequently still get questions on it. I have a 20 foot by 20 foot by 10 foot tall garage. Uh, only half of one wall is insulated. The garage door is insulated. The ceiling is not insulated. And I have an 18,000 BTU quiet side mini split AC and heat pump. Live in Mississippi and the, the, the heat pump works really well. I, I think there was like, it got down to like 20 degrees one night uh, when Nick was here last January. And it, it was struggling then, but that was like the only night I, this thing has ever struggled. And since like our highs are like 60s or below, I've just left the thing on 60 degrees all day. I, I don't shut it off anymore, even like when I sleep at night or whatever, because all my chemicals are out there and I don't want to bring all that st- and the glues. I don't want to bring all that stuff inside. So I keep it on 60 and it handles it just fine. It's actually a little bit warm to working because I prefer to work in the wintertime with a like a thin zip up hoodie. Um, I wish it would go down to like 55, but you know, heat rises. So now that I have the, uh, that, the air cleaner cart, it actually ejects the air on like a 45 degree upward angle, 45 degree upward angle. So it, it kind of pushes some of the cold air up, which in turn circulates some of that hotter air down. So it makes it even, it makes it feel even more hot in there, which is kind of, Kind of good for the uh, the wintertime, not so much in the summertime. You guys know what a milking parlor heater is or what it looks like? No. It's a electric coil, typically 220 volt uh, electric coil, small fan behind it. I want to say probably less than a 16-inch diameter fan. But a buddy of mine, completely uninsulated shop, but he, he had no problem working in like winter coats and stuff. And we put one of those in the corner and then just another small fan just like Jay said, circulate some of that warm air from, I mean, not to blow, not to like completely have a breeze, but just to take some of that warm air to the top and just kind of send it down. And he said it's a hundred times better in there. Hmm. All right. Well, you guys want to jump to some questions? Let's do it. All right. This is left over from uh, last week. Uh, Ricky Chisholm said, I'm currently looking for a dust collection system for my shop. Do you have a preference on a dust collection system? Uh, is the Grizzly one horsepower enough, or should I be looking for a two horsepower? Of course, I would like to get a Cyclone, but the price jumps when you look at those. Thank you for your advice. Um, really quick, uh, the, it's difficult to go by company horsepower ratings. I had a Harbor Freight two horsepower unit, and just I had no way to measure this. I did not set anything up to measure it, but the two horsepower Harbor Freight unit had nowhere near the suction of my one and a half horsepower Grizzly unit that I have now. 
And there's a lot more that goes into play with that impeller size and, and, and the whole system in general. Um, so I, I don't know if there's a specific horsepower rating per number of tools you have, but um, I will suggest whether it's a cyclone or a homemade theme baffle, a two-stage unit, even if it's a homemade separator, is definitely worth it. I completely agree. I changed my one stage into a two stage. I got the Harbor Freight unit, of course. That is that is a two horsepower, isn't it? Yeah. Jay? Well, yeah. They say it's a two horsepower. Yeah, they say it says on the <laughs> box. <laughs> I also say I'm six five, two fifty. Yeah, I would I would agree. Um two stage all the way. Uh especially with the you know, if it's entry level like the Harbor Freight, changing that bag or any model that has that large uh you know steel band with a bag under it man what a pain it would every time i'd have to go change that it would plop down and like poof a plume of smoke or you know not smoke but sawdust and yeah it was just a pain to where i haven't used it in a long time the bag the bag yeah Bag. The bag, bag, but the bag, it, bag. It's <laughs> <laughs> you want to put that? You want me to put that in a bag for you? A bag. <laughs> you want to beg for that? No, I just paid for it. I ain't begging for nothing. Give it to me. <laughs> but as far as the the actual size of the dust collector itself, it's hard to say. So just to give you a reference point, I do have the Grizzly one. And a, it's it's a one and a half horsepower Cyclone unit, and I have the longest trunk is. I would say about 35 feet to my miter saw station because it wraps around and the suction is just fine. And I have it hooked up two lines, one going to my jointer and planer and then one going to the table saw and miter saw. And typically I leave one port on each one of the lines open at all times. And I I think it's a pretty good dust collection system. I'm running flexible hose to feed uh, four inch sewer and drain PVC. And I... I'm pretty content with it. So whatever that's worth, that's the size of my system and it's working out really well. Another thing to consider with the horsepower and CFM, are you going to have any vertical drops in your system? Like say down to a centrally located table saw, are you coming down from a nine or 10 foot ceiling all the way down to the floor? That is going to be the most stress on your system to go 90 out of the table saw and then up nine or 10 feet. So something to consider if you're doing those type of runs. And then also 90 degrees, you know, if you can do 245s rather than a 90, you actually uh, improve the the flow in the system altogether. But Yeah, I read somewhere that, um, and, and I could be completely wrong on this, but I, re- I read that a 90 degree fitting is equal to about 10 foot of straight pipe as far as the air resistance. So yeah, yep. definitely break it up into multiple 45s instead of 90s. I don't have a single 90 on my entire system. It's all uh, 45s, and I think I've got a couple like 22 and a halfs just to make the pipe work. Yeah, and even I've seen guys, I don't think it's a cheap route. I'm, I'm The only time I think I've ever seen it is when guys say they get the conduit for free, but sometimes you can get the gray electrical conduit, um, you know, in four inch diameter close to it, and it's a large sweeping radius rather than a 90 or even two 45s. Sweeping. So I'm such an idiot. I've been calling no, it no. a sweet 90. D- don't say you're an idiot. You're just, you just I'm sorry. Know. Just I'm not an know. idiot, but I may, I was making a very dumb idiotic statement. <laughs> I 
Well, I don't even know how to say it properly, but I just feel silly because this, like for literally two years, I've been calling it a sweet 90 with a, a T and not a sweep with a P. Yeah, there's, um, all right. So the, your regular 90 elbow is a 90 mm-hmm. degree corner. And then there's a street elbow, which has a male and a female. end, so you can put it right into another fitting. And then mm-hmm. a sweeping 90 is a gradual curve, which is typically used when solids are in the system. So like mm-hmm. sewer, sewer and drain uh, situations. So yeah, uh, it's not necessarily needed for like a, um, a airline for, uh, uh, you know, just to make, make air flow better or water flow better uh, for supply. But yeah, for, uh, for wastewater, it's typically used. Mm-hmm. But yeah, well, if you didn't know, you didn't know. Saying, we can't tell. If, are you saying sweet? And I'm like, yeah, I am. <laughs> I don't want to admit to it, but yes, I am. <laughs> That's fine. If you don't know, you don't know. Yeah. Oh, we had um, input from last week. We were talking about cleaning uh, blades and solutions. And so a John Horgan piped up and said, y'all talked about cleaning saw blades. The best solution I have found is using a 50-50 mix of laundry detergent and water. Let the blades soak for a few minutes and with a little scrubbing the soft bristle with a soft bristle brush then you can rinse and dry and it's as good as new. So good input there. I really like that because I cannot stand using mineral spirits. That's what I normally use. Mineral spirits because it's, man that stuff just doesn't want to get off your fingers. Uh, But anytime that you can substitute a harsh chemical for something that's, uh, you know, easy on your hands, easy on your nose, just, just a regular cleaning agent. I'm totally Mm -hmm. down for that. So I'm going to steal that idea. I'll try it. I've yet to clean a blade. So why not? I'll give it a go. There you go. Once you, once you get the whole, like all, all the resin and pitch off your blade, you're like, Oh, this is what it's like. (laughs) Now I know. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all the questions we have for you guys this week. Uh, If you'd like to submit a question or have a comment that you just want to send us, then be sure to uh, submit it on the website. There's a contact form you can fill out, and we do appreciate all of those. If you'd like to stay up to date with the podcast, there's a couple different ways you could do so. Go to thewoodworkingpodcast.com, and up at the top, you'll find some buttons where you can subscribe. If you're on iTunes, be sure to leave us a review. That always helps, and we very much appreciate uh, going through and reading those. Uh, And... If you'd like to support the show, there's a couple different ways you can do that. The, the contribute button on the website or go to patreon.com slash the woodworking podcast. And that's it. Thanks for listening. You guys take care and we'll catch you in the next one. Y'all have a good weekend. Going once, going twice. Sold. Sold. Goodbye. <laughs>